return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. I'm going to welcome Isaac Tafur to come and share. He has a good word for us, so let's welcome him as he comes up. Amen. Shall we bow down our heads for a word of prayer? And most high God, we give you glory and give you praise. We honor you for tonight. Thank you for a time like this in your presence. It is our prayer that you speak to us tonight. It's our prayer that you bless our lives. It's our prayer that you revive our spirits. It's our prayer that transform us, O Lord. Let us be equipped and live here as victors. We thank you, Lord, that you are going to use me as a vessel to bless your people tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. We bless God for tonight, um, and we thank God for a new month. You and I are alive to see this wonderful month, and it is the doing of the Lord. It's not by virtue of any good thing we did, but it is the message of God that has made this month a possibility for us. We give him all the glory, and I want to appreciate Pastor Dave and the pastorate of the church for this wonderful opportunity to minister the word of God. So I've been contemplating on the word of God for today and for the first day of the month. And I had a lot of wild messages, but God wanted me to encourage tonight. Amen. So tonight we'll be talking about God is with you. God is with you. So we'll read Psalm 23 verse 4. Here do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Amen. This is David who trusted God in the midst of adversities and challenges. And he always knew that God was with him. So tonight I want to assure you that because you are a child of God, God is with you. God, the Lord our God is with you everywhere you go. You know, one of the attributes of God is that he's an omniscient God. He's everywhere. So, so he sees you, he knows you, he's with you. In the fires, he's with you. In the waters, he's with you. In the happy moments, he's with you. In the difficult times. So God is with you. And, and through scriptures, one thing we have always known about the devil is that he's a strategist. You know, he's a schemer. When you read the book of Ephesians chapter 6, the Bible talks about the fact that we should put on the full armor of God so that we'll be able to withstand the wiles of the enemy. You know, it means the, 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 the tricks of the enemy, the schemes of the enemy, and all the plots of the enemy. And we have always known through scripture that the enemy is the father of lies and deception. So the greatest tool he always uses against the believer is to plant in lies and deception. And, and one of the lies he has planted since time immemorial till, till now is planting the thought of abandonment of God. The fact that God has rejected the believer. The fact that God is not present with the believer in the midst of adversity and challenges. 
And because of this, there has been so many issues in this world. You know, we are having people struggling with loneliness, struggling with, you know, depression. Yeah. And, and depression is all over the place. One, one, one word has become a household name in Ghana in recent time is depression. So I was always asking myself, so where, had, where has depression been all this while? You hear so many cases, so many things happening in the news, and all that they will say is that because he's suffering or the person is suffering from depression. And this is as a result of the deceptions of the enemy, making the individual feel that he is lonely and that God is not with him and God cannot come into his situation. So the enemy is a liar, but God is a good God. And, 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 and when he plans these thoughts, what happens is that to those who are unsaved, to those who have not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior, to those who believe that there is no hope for them, because the Bible says that Christ in you, the hope of glory. So if you are a child of God who has accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, you have a hope, even in the midst of adversity, because you have Christ. But to the unsaved, to the challenged, when they are challenged, you know, they, they, they struggle with loneliness, they, they feel abandoned, they, they, they think there is no solution to their problem, and ultimately, they resort to suicide. So there is so much suicide cases all over the world. And I was reading the CDC report, and even in America, if you sample 100,000 people, every year, 15 out of 100,000 people commit suicide. And these are the, the, the things of the enemy, the workings of the enemy. And, and, and this has crept even into the Christian fold. So now even those who have been saved are also struggling with a sense of abandonment. They are struggling with the fact that the presence of God is not with them in, in times of challenges. So many people have walked away from their feet. You know, and, and, and many people have abandoned God. Many people have given up on God. And, and, and to those who still remain in the church, you know, some have partially abandoned God. Because they feel like, Things are tough, you know, God is not coming through for them. So even their commitment to the things of God has dwindled. The things they used to do for God, they do no, they do no longer do that, you know. The, the giftings and the things that God gave to them, it is like they are trying to tell God that you are, you are not there for me, so I will also not serve you. And, and the worst case scenario is that people even go to the extent of apostasy. So people who actually, you know, love God, people who actually cherish God, people who actually serve God with all their heart, with all their minds, now they tell you that there is no God. Because of the challenges, because of the difficulties, and because of the struggles. And, and this confirms the word of God in the book of First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Timothy says, uh, Paul says something to Timothy. He said that now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from their faith giving heed to this deceiving spirit and doctrines of demons. So I know, I know people in Ghana who used to be men of God, who had churches, and because of challenges and adversities, and the fact that you know, they, they felt that God had abandoned them and God was not with them, things had become so difficult to the extent that they told their church members that there is no God, and they dispersed the church members and closed down the church. And this is what the enemy is doing. And, and some of these people have now become you know, um, crusaders of there is no God. You see them on YouTube, there is no God, work for yourself. But they used to have churches, they used to preach the word of God, they used to teach people about God, and they stood there one day on Sunday at church service and told the church that there is no God, go home. Nobody should come to the church any longer. They closed their church, and now they have become crusaders of apostasy. 
And this is how the enemy, you know, is, is deceiving people in, in, in these times. But this is a word of encouragement to us tonight that our God is with us. No matter what you are going through, God is still God. And, and, and without the help of the Holy Spirit, anyone can fall victim to these tricks of the enemy. You know, when you read the book of Judges chapter 6 verse 12, we see something interesting. The Bible says that, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our forefathers, which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. So here we see scripture, we see you know, here Gideon was actually talking or speaking on behalf of the people of Israel. You know, at a time where they had been, been, been taken captives by the, the Midians. Bible says that that captivity was just a seven-year captivity, but it was one of the worst captivity Israel had ever faced. Because, you know, the Midianites, you know, came to destroy even their plantation. Not only were they, you know, oppressing them, but also were destroying their source of livelihood. They go to their their farms and destroyed their farms to the point in time that the Israelites were, were farming in caves and they were hiding in caves. And it was so tough and so difficult for them. And Bible says that, an, that God sent an angel, you know, to appear before Gideon. And when you read scriptures, you know, he saluted him. He gave him a good salutation. He said that, the Lord be with you, you mighty man of valor. You know, but at that point in time, he had, they had forgotten about God because they thought God had abandoned them. You know, when you read the scriptures, the Bible said that what their fathers told them. So they had heard about the goodness of God. They had heard about the God who brought them out of Egypt. They had heard about the miracles the Lord God did. And even in their generation, they saw evidence of those testimonies. You know, you remember when they crossed the river Jordan, Bible, God asked them to pick some 12 stones, representing the 12 tribes of Israel. And God told them that, you know, keep it in the land so that when your children are born, you know, and they see these 12 stones, they will remember and know that indeed God actually parted the Jordan River for you to pass through. These were some of the evidence of God's power in the lives of the people of Israel. You know, they also saw the, the, the Ark of the Covenant and the content in there. When you read the book of Hebrews chapter 9 verse 4, Bible talks about the content in the, in the Ark of the Covenant. Bible talks about the fact that it contained a pot of manna, it contained Aaron's rod that budded, and it contained the tablet of the covenant. And, and these things are emblems or, or symbols of who God was or who God is to the people of Israel. You know, when they see the manna, you know, when Gideon and his generation saw the manna, it was an evidence of a God who is a provident God. A God who is able to supply in times of challenges. The people of Israel walked through the wilderness where there was no food, they couldn't farm. And then because God is a provident God, God supplied food, manna, for them to eat. So it gave them encouragement in their generation that this God that we are following, this God that we are serving, He is a God who comes through for us when there is times of challenges. You know, so they knew God as a provident God. And any time they, they, they saw the, the tablets of the covenant, you know, the commandment God gave to them, they saw who God was, a, a disciplined God, you know, a God who... Who, who was a holy God. Because if you look at the content of the Ten Commandments, it, it, it told you who God was. So they saw God as a holy God, they revered God, and they feared God. 
and, 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 and the Aaron's rod, that budded, actually showed the miraculous power of God. Because when you look at what this Aaron's rod did, you know, their fathers told them about it. That when God sent uh, Moses and Aaron to Egypt, the first miracle that happened, when they met Pharaoh at the court, the Bible says that Aaron's rod, you know, turned to a snake. And then the, the, the magicians of the Egyptians also, you know, turned their sticks to snakes. And the Bible says that, you know, Aaron's rod swallowed the, the, the snakes. You know, it showed you of the miraculous power of God. And, and, and even when the Pharaoh didn't want the people of Israel to go, the Bible said that there were so many plagues. You know, River Nile turned to blood. There was a plague of frogs and all that. All these things were done with Aaron's rod. So it actually showed you that God was a miraculous God. God is a God who is able to do all things. He's, he's a God, he's, he's the impossibility specialist. When things don't seem possible, God comes through and he's able to do miracles. You know, and, and, and this rod was not just a mere rod. It actually budded. You know, common sense and, and nature will tell you that for, for a stake to bud, to blossom, to have flowers and to bear fruit, it had to be planted in the soil. But this rod was just a stick. Not planted in the soil, not supplied with any nutrients. But it was able to bear fruits. It was able to bear flowers, you know, to tell the Israelites that God is a miraculous God. So, so these things were, were symbols that they, they saw in their time. And they trusted in God. But just because of this harsh captivity, just because of this seven year period where... You know, everything seemed not to be working for them. Bible said that they had forgotten about God because they thought God had abandoned them. So when you read scripture, when the angel of the Lord appeared and he said that the Lord be with you, you mighty man of valor, he, he didn't understand. How can God be with us? Whilst, you know, we go through these challenges, we go through these difficulties. People who have tasted, you know, the power of God. And, and, and when you read the, the, the King, New King James, he said that, oh my Lord, why do you say that, you know, the Lord is with us? When you read the NIV, he said that, pardon me. When you read other versions, it's like he interjected the angel and was like, come again. I, I don't believe what you are saying. It's a lie. Because if God is indeed with us, we will not be struggling like this. And, and this is what the enemy does, you know. He pushes us to that extent and sometimes we are unable to, you know, accept that God is with us. So they were broken, they were in despair, and they hid in caves. And I don't know what you may be going through as a child of God. I don't know which phase you find yourself in your life, and I don't know what you are going through. Maybe you have been serving God, maybe you have been being with God, trusted God, seen God do so many things in your life, in the life of many other people. But now you realize that what you are going through doesn't look like God is with you. But tonight, God is encouraging us and telling us that he's indeed with us. The God who did those miracles in the times of the Egyptians, the God who did that miracle in the life of your friend is still our God today. And God is with us. He will not forsake us. He will not leave us. It doesn't matter what you are going through. And it, and it, it, it goes to the point in time that sometimes even, even testimonies don't move you any longer. You know, sometimes even... Words of encouragement from the pulpit or from the word of God seem not to move you any longer because it's like you have heard it over and over and over and over and over again. And that was what the people of Israel was, were going through, you know. But it does not deny the fact that God is with you. He's with us in everything we go through. He knows how we feel and he cares for us. 
In fact, Jesus Christ is our chief high priest, you know, and he has been through it before. Remember what he went through at Gethsemane. Bible said that he was filled with grief. And when you read the book of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15, it makes us know the, the kind of high priest we have. Bible says that we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Meaning that God knows what we go through. God knows what we go through. So be rest assured that even as we've started a new month, even as we have some months, even for the year to end, don't forget that God is with you. If you have anything, any task to accomplish, and you think that God is not with you, know that God is with you. Go in your strength. Hallelujah. And, and in Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10, Bible gives assurance that, Bible says that we should fear not, for God is with us. We should not be dismayed, for He is our God. You know, He will strengthen us, He will help us, and He will uphold us with His mighty right hand. So know that God is with you. When you look at the life of Elijah in the book of 1 Kings chapter 19 verse 4, 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 4. You know, Elijah, the almighty Elijah, he said that, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree and he prayed that he might die and said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. We are talking about no mean person than Elijah. You know, the man who could pray, you know, for there to be drought, like three years drought. You know, the, the, the man who could call fire from heaven, you know, to burn the sacrifice. We are talking about this man God used miraculously in so many wonderful full ways. He had experienced the power of God. You know, sometimes there's a difference between seeing the power of God demonstrated by someone and you yourself demonstrating the power of God. You know, and, and, and this man got to the point of depression. He got to the point where the enemy planted in his mind and in his spirit that God had abandoned him. And he felt that it is over. And he wanted to end his life. All because Jezebel was after his life. Because he, he, he did this miracle, he called fire to burn the sacrifice, and he killed the prophets of Baal. And because of that, Jezebel also was killing the prophets, and then he wanted the life of Elijah. The Bible said that he feared for his life, and he ran away to Mount Horeb. And this was a prayer he prayed. You know, he wanted it to end. He had forgotten about what God had done through his life. How God had used his ministry to bless so many people. And, and, and sometimes we think, as for us, we, we, yes, we, we cannot go through this, this situation. Yes, you can say to yourself, we cannot go through because God is with us. Hallelujah. But we just have to be on guard that the enemy does not take us. Hallelujah. Now, after this, you realize that when you read the verse 14 to 18, something happened. God wanted to tell him something. First Kings 19, 14 to 18. You know, the angel of the Lord, the Lord appeared to him. And then, you know, the, the angel of the Lord asked him a question. He said, why are you saying all this? And he was saying that he was zealous for God. He had done, you know, the bidding of the Lord. And now he has been forsaken. You know, you see the word forsaken. And, and, and the fact that, you know, the altars of the Lord had been destroyed and all the prophets of God had been killed and he's the only one left and his life, you know, is under threat. And this was the point he got to. And, and when you read down, Bible says that God told him that he should rise back on his feet and go back to the path he took. He should go back and anoint certain kings and make them, you know, anoint certain kings. And then it went on and Bible says that from there he also encountered Elisha. 
All what God was trying to tell him is that, my friend, I am with you. My friend, don't think I have abandoned you. Stand up and go and do the things I've asked you to do. So tonight, if because of any challenge, if because of any difficulty, you have put your talents and your giftings on hold, and you have, you know, placed the work of God aside, God is telling you that no matter what you are going through, he's with you. Go back and do what he has asked you to do. Go back and serve him as you used to serve him. If you have put your faith on the shelf, God is saying that go back and take back your faith. Hallelujah. Serve him once again because he is with you. And then a good thing is that Bible said he had reserved, you know, 7,000 people. You know, there were people God had reserved. He is not alone. And the good thing was that after he obeyed the voice of God and went, his ministry took a different turn. You know, your ministry is always successful if you're able to get a successor. If you are able to get somebody who is able to take over after you. Other than that, your ministry just ends in a generation. The success of a leader is you being able to raise others to follow you. Who can continue with their good work. And all these times when he was doing all these miracles and doing all these great things, you know, he hadn't gotten to that point. His ministry was just dependent on him. But when he, he listened to the voice of God, he accepted the fact that God was with him. He accepted the fact that he would take back his faith, do what God wanted him to do. Bible says that just from there, he encountered Elisha, who took the ministry to a different level altogether. I want to assure you tonight that, that God is with you and that greater things are yet to come. It doesn't matter what you are facing now. It doesn't matter what you are going through now. God is about to unleash your life to a different level altogether. If it is sickness, if it is pain, if it is a challenge you are going through, God is with you. He's going to revert it and he's going to make your life a wonder. Just trust the voice of this God we serve. So tonight it is encouragement, encouragement, encouragement. I see God wants me to encourage his church. It may not be you, it may be somebody watching via Facebook, but God is with us. Hallelujah. God is with us. And, and one, one person I would end with is, is Joseph. You know, when you look at the life of this gentleman, he really epitomizes, you know, a child of God who has been hit on all sides, and yet God assures him that he's with him. Yeah. You know, when you read the book of Genesis 39, you, re, you, you see the whole story. You realize that Joseph was somebody who came from a dysfunctional home. Twelve brothers from four different mothers, and, and they seemed to always, you know, fight amongst each other. The only thing that united them was their hatred for Joseph. And the Bible said that they planned to even kill him. And they changed their mind and rather decided to sell him, you know, off. And when you read scriptures, the Bible says that he was sold to the Ishmaelites. So, so Joseph, a child of God, a 17-year-old boy, who was dragged across the desert to a land he never knew. He was taken to, you know, a group of people, strange people who spoke a different language he never understood. A 17-year-old boy. You know, and at age 17, it looked as if everything had come to a standstill. You know, you know how God, you know, gave him dreams. When you read scriptures in the book of Genesis 37, the Bible talks about two peculiar dreams God gave him. The Bible talks about the fact that he had a dream where he was in the field and he was binding, you know, sheaves. And the Bible says that, you know, his brothers were also binding their sheaves and then all the sheaves of his brothers were bowing down to him. And when he told them, you know, they, they, they insulted him and they said that, how can this be? How can you be ruler over us? You know, and here we don't see his father coming in. But when, when he told them about his second dream, where he said that he had a dream where he saw the sun, 
and the moon and the eleven stars, all bowing down to him. His father became furious. Now you have entered my territory. How can I and your mother, who represent the sun and the moon, and your brothers represent the eleven stars, bow down to you? It can never be possible. You know, but all these things, God was trying to tell him that he had a purpose for him. God was going to make him great. Upon all these things God showed, why should, you know, Joseph suffer, you know, this, this, this way, you know, taken to a land at the age of 17 years, a strange land, you know, into captivity. He became a slave. And at that point in time, it looked as if whatever God has said concerning his life had come to an end. Tonight, what are you, you know, doubting about God? What are you doubting about what God has said concerning your life? Maybe your challenges and your challenges and difficulties you are facing tonight seem to, you know, cancel out every word you thought you had received from God. But tonight I want to tell you that God is with you. Now when you, when you read the scriptures in the verse, the chapter 39, you know, God actually used the word that I, I the Lord, was, I was with him five times to, just to show, the, to show us that even though he was going through all these things, God was actually with him. When you read the, the book of, yeah, the 39 verse 2, you know, he was taken as a slave. And at, at, at that time, slaves had no value. You know, they had no rights. They had no status, you know, like all the Egyptian slaves. But there was one thing that Joseph had that all of them didn't have, the presence of God with him. When you read the verse 2, Said that the Lord was with Joseph. Yeah, Hallelujah. So tonight the Lord is with you. And he was, a, he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. Here we see the Lord was with him. Even people saw that the Lord was with him. Yeah. So tonight the Lord is with you. No matter what you are going through, the Lord is with you. Let's jump to the verse 5. So, so it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house. And all that he had. The Lord blessed, blessed the Egyptian's house for, for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Let's go to the verse 22 and 23. 21, 21 and 2. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. And gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the verse 23. And the keeper of the prison did not look into anything under, the hand, under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made him prosper. So you realize that from the time he was picked to the time he was a, you know, a slave in Potiphar's house to the time he became a prisoner, the Bible says that through it all we see that God was with him. So tonight I don't know what you are going through. I don't know what you are facing. But know that our God is Emmanuel and he is with you. Just trust in the Lord. You know, one thing we should know is that we are in a fallen world. A fallen world which is controlled by the enemy. And because of that, there are so many challenges, there are so many difficulties, and there are so many pressures. But Jesus makes it straight in John 16, 33. He said that, I have said these things to you, that in me you will have peace. Because in this world you face tribulations. But be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. So, so, so know that he is with you. Know that he is with you. I don't know whether it was Deb or it was Pastor Dave who, who shared a story of, you know, someone who was blaming God, complaining bitterly, you know, against God that any time, you know, the ground was soft, you know, and he was going through, he realized that he sees four, four footprints. But any time, any time the grounds become so hard, you know, and dry, 
he only sees, you know, two footprints. Meaning that it's just one person. And, and, and he's saying that why God is just with him in good times and soft times. It means that God abandons him in hard times. And then God, God told him that it is because I, I am the one who carries you in the hard times. So the footprint you see in the hard ground is actually my footprint, not yours. Because I carry you on my shoulders. Tonight, God carries us on, on his shoulders. No matter what you are going through, God is with you. You know, just, just bring all your burdens, just bring all your anxiety to God. For God will fight for us. Hallelujah. And do not be anxious about anything. Just trust God. So the first text we read in the book of Psalm 23, verse 4. You know, David was anointed king at age 15. Very early, you know. But it took, it, it, it took him like, you know, 15 years before he could ascend the throne as a king. There were times he had to wander in the wilderness because he was being pursued. You know, a price had been, you know, laid on his head. And there was even a time he had to behave like a lunatic just because he wanted to escape death. He had, he had been through everything. But read all, he makes this statement that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm going to fear no evil because the Lord is with me. Tonight, in August, this is the first, first August, this first month, this first year of the month, just be rest assured that God is with us. Every plan you have at heart, every task you have set ahead of you to do, know that God is with you and you will be able to do it. You shall be able to accomplish it. You shall be able to do great things, achieve great things for the Lord. He is with you. And, and it goes hand in hand with the word of God we have received for the past three weeks or four weeks from Pastor D, the leading of the Holy Spirit. He is with us. He speaks to us. So just trust in God. Never waver. Never move to the left nor to the right. Just hold on to the faith. No matter the, the arrows the enemy is throwing, know that God, God is with you. You shall come out. You shall be a victor. You shall be a conqueror. And you shall share testimonies to bring glory and honor to God. So tonight is just a word of encouragement I bring to you from the throne of God that God is with you. God is with you. Just hold on to this word. And everything he has said concerning you will be perfected. May the Lord bless his word even in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Shall we bow down our head for a word of prayer? So tonight we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you for your loving God. A God who doesn't abandon us, but a God who is with us through thick and thin. We worship you, Emmanuel, for assuring us that you are with us through the fires. You are with us through the waters. You are with us in good times and you are with us in bad times. It is our prayer that let us hold on to this word. And in any season of our lives, Lord, let us trust in you. And let us hold on to your word. We are praying in the name of Jesus, even interceding for them that are sick interceding for them that are oppressed, interceding for them that are going through any challenge, any difficulty, who are at the point of giving up, who are not even moved by anywhere they hear from you, who are not even moved by any testimony. They have been you know, pushed to that limit. We are praying in the name of Jesus that may you prove yourself so strong in their lives. May you do great things in their life. Let there be testimonies coming out of their situations and let them stand back on their feet and trust in you than ever before. It's our prayer that give us grace and strength to be able to overcome every wall of the enemy. And let us stand firm, showing forth your glory in all that we do. Tonight we give you glory and we give you all the praise for this word of encouragement. 
We bless your name for what you have done. We thank you that this month of August is going to be a month of blessings. It's going to be a month of favor, a month of great breakthroughs, a month where we shall stand and lift up our hands and give glory and honor to you because you have blessed our lives than ever before. Let death be far from us. Let sickness be part from us. Depart from us. Let us embrace life. Let us embrace good things this month, O Lord. And let us give all glory and honor to your name. We bless you tonight for what you have done in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless us all. If you need prayer, yeah. Yeah. God bless us all. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.